You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Friday, February 2nd, 2024. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker. All right, a lot to get into. Let's start with Tim Walton being an absolute beast. I mean, just when you think it can't get any better with him, and this just fits in with this offseason they're having. Um, they obviously have Devin Sanchez in the 2025 class, just the number one corner in the country. And now the number two corner in the country, Naheem Offord, has been fong bombed to the Buckeyes. Uh, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Doesn't mean it's for sure going to happen, but it seems very likely. Tim Walton just continues to kill it, Jay Book. Tim Walton is is on an absolute heater, Dave. I, this right here, what he's doing is just absolutely amazing, especially on the defensive side of the football. I mean, with a shot to get the number one, number two corners. Uh, the one thing that you really have to like about both of these guys, Dave. Tremendous uh, size as far as cornerback, 6'2", 6'1", corners there. And then you also add in Dorian Brew, who's right there in the mix out of Texas. I think he's going to eventually be a Buckeye, but I believe he's going to move back to the to the safety position, kind of play that hybrid role. You got Trey McNutt uh, right there, local kid who's an absolute beast. Um, they're starting to pick up the steam with him, making him a priority. But yeah, going into Birmingham, Alabama, Dave, and pulling a five-star kid in the in the deep south is absolutely unprecedented, especially on the defensive side of the football. But if anyone can do it, OG Walt, he's as the players like to call him, he's the one that's going to potentially make it happen. So that kid's going to be on campus. Steve Wolfon said he's coming up from Alabama with a big contingent of guys. Steve Wolfon's not going to put in a crystal ball unless he's hearing something extremely positive towards Ohio State. Now, with that being said, it's great to have the crystal balls. It just typically means that Ohio State's the leader right now. If he was, if he were to, you know, pop to Ohio State here shortly, that just means Ohio State's going to be on the defense because you better believe a lot of those SEC teams, they're not going to give up. He's right there in Alabama's backyard, Auburn's backyard. They're not going to give up. So I just think that getting him, it really sets the tempo. Hey, word is out down south, Dave. The foundation, NIL, they got some money up there rolling in Columbus. I see you rocking the foundation shirt. Yeah, I mean, Brian, Schottenstein, and Cardale and their whole staff, they're just doing, you know, just a phenomenal job. I can't, you know, it just goes along with everything else that's happening this offseason. They're a big part of it. So, uh, yeah, go to 
thefoundationohio.com. If you, anybody wants to donate, thefoundationohio.com. That is their website and where you can donate. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into this. You're going to love this because you know, being a former college DB yourself, we're going to talk a lot about defense on today's show. We already started with talking about corners. Um, let's get into Ohio State's 2024 team. Um, I mean, they're so loaded. Big question is obviously right tackle. We'll get to that in a little bit. Maybe they'll keep Fryer there. Maybe Luke Montgomery will step up. Maybe they'll get a transfer, the kid from BC. We'll see. Linebacker to me is interesting because they're so stacked at defensive line and, and secondary, both the starters and just depth-wise. It's just D-line and secondary are just phenomenal. How do you think it's going to shake out at linebacker? Do you think Sonny's definitely going to move to linebacker? Do you think it's going to be Cody and Sonny? Do you think C.J. Hicks is going to step up? Gabe Powers? Just break down the linebackers for me, sir. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Sonny Styles is going to be moved up to be able to play in the box. Just let that kid's body naturally grow to what it should be. I think he can give you um, a lot of versatility right there in your front seven if you actually allow him to be a linebacker, train as a linebacker, get those live reps so that he can, you know, sharpen sharpen his sword there. C.J. Hicks, Gabe Powers, you definitely have to believe that those guys are going to be on the mix. I know – Jim Knowles has said over the last couple of years, we're going to turn CJ Hicks loose. And all of the fans, we in media, everybody's been like, okay, we're waiting to see it. He recently said it again, Dave, um, that they're going to they're going to turn CJ Hicks loose. Now, from what I've been told, when when you're talking about turning CJ Hicks loose, that doesn't mean just having him be a you know sole linebacker. I think a strength of his would be also playing on the edge, getting after the quarterback, doing a little bit of a hybrid role that Ohio State should have been doing with Baron Browning when he was here at Ohio State. The thing is, they're going to have to make sure that Larry Johnson's all in. Uh, with Larry Johnson having a stacked room, there has to be some type of mix-up packages to where CJ can come down um, into the box on the line of scrimmage, you know, get after the quarterback, same with Sonny. That just means that you're going to have to potentially take a, a defense alignment off the field. And I'm okay with that, Dave, because I think the problem that you saw with Ohio State, as good as the defense was last year, it was very simplistic to where they you saw a four-man front, you knew what you were going to get. You didn't see a lot of variation. And I think with so many pieces, especially with uh, Caleb Downs back there as the eraser now, I think you're going to have so many pieces that you can play with as far as um, – switching guys in and out that you can have a multi-front type of looks. And dare I even say, this is a perfect opportunity for uh, Jim Knowles to actually utilize the jack position now that you have so many guys. Because you talk about the linebackers, you have to mention Arvell Reese. Um, I know Bobby Carpenter has talked about Arvell Reese as well, thinks that with his size, you know, 6'4", 230 or so, has the frame to potentially get up to like 240, depending on how his offseason goes. He's a guy that they said is very relentless, that they're really high on. So having him in the mix as well, potentially playing that jack position, you have to find a way to get that type of athleticism and versatility on the field. Yeah, it's like the, I know he hasn't worked out for uh, the Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons, the kid from uh, Clemson. That I know Son, Sonny's like a little bit more built than he was. I mean, Simmons was not skinny, but a little more lengthy. And um, maybe a little skinnier than Sonny. But do you see Sonny maybe having a similar role as that guy, kind of a jack-of-all-trades type, type of thing? I do. I do. I think uh, Sonny's athletic enough to do that. 
I just don't think safe, uh, safety is his natural position, Dave. I think he's starting to outgrow that position. Um, and as, as we've seen, being, a, being on the back end of the defense, it takes a special person as far as athleticism. Not saying that, that Sonny is not athletic, but I don't know if the safety position is suited up for him. I just think that he can be better utilized being closer to the line of scrimmage, putting on the necessary weight, because here's the thing. They've been fighting his body since he's pretty much arrived on campus. If you put, if you change his strength and conditioning routine, change his nutrition to where he, he can now naturally start to put on the weight that his body really wants to do, now he can actually grow into that linebacker position to be physical enough to handle the rigors of the Big Ten. And if they properly do it with James Laurinaitis, uh, you know, they're helping to mentor him that right there is going to be something that can really elevate his career to the next level. Yeah. And I, I know Sonny might not have had the year that fans wanted, but um, still he's, especially going into his junior year, he he's way too good to be on the bench and he's not going to be a starting safety anymore. I mean, Caleb Downs and Lathan Ransom will be the starting safeties. Um, and I, yeah, moving him to linebacker just makes so much sense. Um, where are you at with Gabe Powers? And another guy I jotted down that I almost forgot was on the roster. You know, not that I cover this team for a living or anything. <laughs> Nigel Glover and a kid from the Dayton area, no less. I'm from the Dayton area originally as well, a kid from Northmont. Um, Nigel Glover, I'm not saying he's going to play a big role this year, but he's a guy I almost forgot about that, that you know, was going to go to Northwestern and come to Ohio State, redshirted. Um, but I'm curious about Gabe Powers and C.J. Hicks. Like, what do you what do you see them doing? And, and can Nigel Glover get in the mix? I, I totally forgot about Nigel Glover, Dave. Okay, I don't feel bad there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, totally, I totally forgot about him as well. So good call there. Um, he's a kid that came in late, was, wasn't going to expect him to actually join um, into the rotation or anything like that. It was more or less like, hey, you're coming in, you're going to provide some depth, we're going to redshirt you and have you develop. So I, I definitely would like to see how he performs in the spring. I think it still might be a little bit too early for him. Uh, but Gabe Powers is a guy, Dave, that I think every time he touches the field, good things happen. If they can find a spot to get him in there. Uh, but here's the key, Dave. To me, the most important thing about this Ohio State defense, you have to find playing time for the Gabe Powers, the C.J. Hicks, those younger guys, even maybe a Nigel Glover, because the season is going to be so long. If you're talking – you know, 16 potentially games to a national championship, you cannot have your defense, starting defense, playing 85% of the snaps, especially when you're blowing teams out. Get those young guys in there. Get them live reps so that they can feel comfortable and just in case somebody goes down, there's no reason why you need to beat your defense to death because you're, you're refusing to rotate a lot of these young guys in here. So this has to be a fundamental shift and change from the coaching staff, especially on the defense, even the offense at wide receiver. Heartline doesn't rotate a lot of wide receivers, and that needs to change as well because the season's going to be so long. So it just needs to be a fundamental shift amongst all of the coaches. Like, hey, big picture, long season, different Big Ten, going out to Oregon, has a potential at maybe – I mean, I think Michigan will take a step back, but there is the risk of – having to play Michigan in back-to-back weeks. If that's the case, you need to make sure that you have all – yeah, you need to make sure that you have all of those young guys ready to go because if a place like Georgia can do it, there shouldn't be a reason why a place at, a, at Ohio State 
um, shouldn't be doing it. Limit the wear and tear on your starters because they're going to need everybody. It's all hands on deck, you know, once you come to the end of November, getting ready for a 12-team playoff. I'm already talking smack to our good friends up north. They've, they've won three straight. I don't care. They ain't winning four straight. And and if Ohio State plays them two straight times, which they won't, it'll probably be a rematch with Oregon. That'd yeah. be great because then Ryan Day would go from one and three against Michigan to three and three just like that. Boom, boom. Oh, yeah, hey. How about like them apples, huh? I know. And, and, and before we go to the next topic, how about uh, you know, the boy over there, Sam Webb, at at the Michigan twenty four seven site, crying last night about Michigan's nil being broke. Oh, I was I had that I had that in my I added that to my notes after I sent you uh, topic suggestions because I, I invited our good friends from the Locker Boys. What's up, Locker Boys? Uh, <laughs> Zeke, uh, you know our little uh, you know side chat that we have and. Uh, I saw your note there. I'm like, we got to talk about that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I want to um, – yeah, man, I'm with you. Like, you. You nailed it with the linebackers. All right. Um, the right tackle from Boston College. He's not even – I don't even know if he's even – he's not even in the portal yet, but Ozzy Trapilo. Ozzy Trapilo, 6'8", 315, two-year starter at BC, graded out very well according to Pro Football Focus, second team all ACC according to the coaches, but first team all ACC according to Pro Football Focus. Um Man, this same seems like almost too good to be true, but that would fit in with everything that's going on this offseason. So to me, this makes a lot of sense. Jeff and Ryan Day has deep ties to Boston College, obviously with Halfley going from Boston College now to the Packers to be their DC. Ryan Day had two stints there at Boston College, was there a long time. I believe Ryan Day was there for a total of eight years when you combine the two. Quarterbacks coach, then came back as offensive coordinator. Man, this makes a lot of sense. I like for it to see him actually enter the portal first, but he's a kid. His dad, his dad, who's you know played in the NFL, who now has passed away. He played at BC. This kid is from like right down the road from BC, so it's not a sure thing. But man, that'd be great to get him to come here. Right, oh right. my goodness, Dave, that's the missing piece. That that's like the missing piece. If you can have the opportunity to get a first team All ACC tackle, six eight. Um, he graded out extremely well, 81.7, according to PFF, when it comes to a pass blocking grade. That right there would have finished third amongst all Big Ten tackles um, with over 300 snaps. So if they can get a, a kid like that in the fold as your right as your right tackle, that right there could be the missing piece to take this offensive line, this offense from whoo, through the roof, Dave. Uh, so, I mean, that, that right – like. If you can land this, get I, I will say this because everything starts up front. If you're nasty in the trenches, it allows your offense and allows the offensive coordinator to do basically anything they want to. If you're nasty in the trenches, as big as Caleb Downs um, was as far as the addition, getting this kid will be second to me as far as the biggest um, portal moves of the offseason because this right here, right here, will, will really elevate this team because now. You have so much flexibility with the offensive line. You know, you can move Montgomery down to the inside if you want to have him battle it out with Fryer. Now you don't have – now uh, Tegra's right there can move into the left side, you know, whatever you want to do with Tegra. You got Carson Hensman, who's probably going to be your backup center there. Now you have a significant amount of depth, and we talk about the rotation. Hey, if you're, if you're up 20 in the fourth quarter against one of these Big Ten teams – Get that starting offensive line out, out of the game. Make sure they're healthy and get these other kids in there. Uh, so, yeah, it, it would be big time if they can land that kid. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, 
I'll still put Will Howard second. I'm tempted to put Will Howard first because, like, just quarterback so important. But Caleb Downs is just an immediate, absolute superstar. So I, I agree with you. I have to put him one. I'd put Will Howard two, and then if they land this kid from BC, I'd put him three. But it's splitting hairs. Right. Oh my god, this is this isn't just first world problems. This is like one like percent <laughs> of the one percent problems. My gosh. Um, quick question here. Uh, I meant to get to this earlier because I think this is a good question that a lot of people are wondering. We talked about Arvell Reese earlier. He came in as a linebacker, and then they had to move him to DN because they had like they had just for depth. Um, not that he played that much. He was good on special teams. Um, but yeah, they've they've now moved him back to linebacker. I think I've heard the same thing. Can you get into that a little bit and answer Jeff's question on YouTube here? Yeah, I think he's going to go back to linebacker. Um, and the thing is, he 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 would potentially make the perfect jack position if they actually utilize it, Dave. Um, the one thing I would say about Arvell, let him find a home um, and let him stay there and learn the position. The one thing you you don't want to do, which messes up a lot of kids' progression, is moving them back and forth to different positions. They at that when you do that, they fail to master their own craft at one position. So let Arvell. You know, stick with the linebackers, and if they can, then go ahead and develop them there. All right, um, let's get to it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> what's going on with NIL up uh, with our friends in the Maize and Blue? Are they, they struggling a little bit? Hey, I, I would say this. I would say this, Dave. How how about when Ohio State was on their heater the last two weeks with NIL? That was the buzz of college football. You had all of the Michigan fanboys. You had Sam Webb, all of those guys going on fine bomb, claiming that Ohio State's trying to buy a national championship. It's pay for play in Columbus. Then, what do you know? They're crying about not having any money up in Michigan. <laughs> Our NIL coffers are slim. They couldn't rally an offer to give to JJ that was even comparable to what his market value is worth. I find it hilarious, Dave, that, that all of a sudden they're realizing, hey, Jim's gone. That was probably the key that, hey, he was able to successfully talk a lot of these kids into taking way below market deals uh, to come there. Now that Jim's gone, they're trying to raise capital, the one more year fund uh, to, to try to keep guys to stay. But their biggest gripe is, one, their NILs broke. They don't have money uh, to be able to even dabble in the pay-for-play scheme that's coming up. Everybody knows what it is. Either you're in the game fully or you're going to get left behind. Ohio State has decided they're in the game with the SEC. Michigan is complaining because they don't have the money to compete. The other aspect that they're complaining about up there, Dave, is they feel like Dave Brandon, not Dave Brandon, but the uh, the athletic director that they have right now um, is not willing to budge when it comes to his stance on how they should be operating with the uh, NIL aspect. A lot of the uh, wine and cheese crowd, they don't, they don't have the appetite up there to write big checks um, to a lot of the Michigan players as far as NIL. So they have a culture problem. Not only do they not have a significant amount of funds. So the culture up there on should they or shouldn't they even get in the game because they feel, you know, the Michigan way is that some of the old standard college football way where, Hey, you're here to get an education. You're a student athlete and that's all great and dandy, but Hey, College football landscape is changing by the week, by the day. And if you're not keeping up with the times, you're going to be left behind. 
And there, Sam Webb was sounding the alarm yesterday. And here's the thing, Dave. It must be kind of dire when Sam Webb's, you know, the, the ultimate rah-rah, you know, palm-pumping palm media member there. When he's sounding the alarm saying, hey, we're at risk of being left behind, that right there tells you that something is not right with their NIL. And I'm all for seeing the meltdown. If you have a chance, go over to the Michigan 24-7 board. It is an absolute meltdown about how they don't have any money. I'm glad I saw your tweet before we <laughs> went on the air so we could discuss it. So let's get to some questions <laughs> from the good people out there. Michael on Facebook. Don't you guys think a strong D backfield will put the D line in a new realm with the added time to crush the quarterback with no open receivers? Yes. I mean, they do say the uh, – and it's, it's so true. I mean, the best – friend for uh, a defensive end or even a D tackle that can rush the passer is uh, DBs who have uh, locked down all the receivers. And I, you know, I don't say this lightly. This might go down as like the best secondary that I've seen at Ohio State, right up there with 1996, right up there with 2016, right up there with 2019. We're talking about Denzel Burke, Igbenosin, and Hancock at corner. Hancock, kind of that hybrid slot guy, corner safety. And he was really good in that role. Now you're bringing in Caleb Downs. Lathan Ransom's coming back. It's crazy. You got Jermaine Matthews as the fourth corner. You got Malik Hartford as the second or the ba backup safety. It's insane, Jay Book. It's insane. I mean, I just, and yeah, I think it will help the D-line. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, is anytime you got a secondary that can stick to guys like glue, um, it's always going to elevate the, um, the defensive line. Now, we saw them get a lot of pressure, especially against uh, Missouri with Jack Sawyer having this multi-sack type of game. But, yeah, anytime you can have the back in there playing a, uh, performing at an elite level, they call it coverage sacks. You hear it all the time watching the games. If you can get those coverage sacks, it's definitely going to help the, the front seven. A couple more here, and then we'll get Jay Book out of here so he can go back to clowning Michigan on Twitter, which <laughs> – which I love. You're so, you're so damn good. That's why you've got like a following of like a million people on Twitter is because you're pretty damn good at it. X. I guess I should like get with it. It's been called X for more than a year now. I'm still calling it Twitter. Eddie Edwards on Facebook. Did Halfley leave Boston College or was he being encouraged to leave? Here's my take on that. I think he was not being encouraged to leave, but he was in the last year of his contract. Um, this was not the AD that hired him. And if he had a bad year, I think they might have gotten rid of him. And and I think he was just sick of everything that's going on with NIL and um, everything else. So and why not? I mean, being the D.C. of the Packers is a good job. So uh, I don't think he was being encouraged to leave. But I think he also knew he might be on the way out a year from now. What do you think? I, I think Jeff probably looked at looked around and said, I can't win at Boston College, not at the um, big time level. You're just not going to be able to have the NIL resources. You're not going to be able to compete with the haves and the haves not. Being a being a defensive coordinator in Green Bay, you know, if he if he does really well there, there's a very good chance those type of coordinators can parlay that into NFL head coaching jobs. Uh, you're going to start seeing a lot more quality coaches in the college game heading over to the NFL. I mean, reports came out last night that Chip Kelly interviewed twice for the offensive coordinator job with my Las Vegas Raiders. He's supposed to be interviewing with the Washington um football team coming up here. I was going to say Redskins, but the Washington football team, he's supposed to be interviewing. Commanders. Command, yeah. Is there commanders? Yeah. They changed their name so much. Yeah. So the, right. he's, he's going to be, um, he's going to be interviewing over there too. So he's actively trying to get out of a head coaching position at UCLA, beautiful campus, uh, you know, headed to the big 10 with a lot of momentum. And he's like, Hey, I'm done with college. 
Yeah, it's interesting, man. And your Raiders are doing good work. I thought Chip Kelly would be a good hire, but getting uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think he's a good head coach, but getting him as an offensive coordinator. And I like that your Raiders kept Antonio Pierce as head coach. Yep. Now we, need, now, now, we, now we need to throw a, a second or third round pick over there to Chicago and bring Justin Fields out there. We can do that, pair him with Devontae Adams uh, and Josh Jacobs. I think we're going to be working with something. Second and third or second or third? Second or third. I don't know, wow. man. I'm just trying to I'm just trying not give trying not to give fleece, man. Our boy is worth <laughs> more than that. Come and, on. The Bears and, aren't stupid. If we can yeah, give well, we, the Bears are kind of stupid. If we can hold them to our first, go get go get a, a wide receiver because this is a loaded wide receiver draft. Get another wide receiver to go opposite of um our, our, our primary, and then go get Justin Fields. You have Devontae Adams. You have a first-round wide receiver. Bring in Justin Fields, Josh Jacobs. And then you got uh, uh, Mayer, the tight end that came from Notre Dame, who when, when healthy, he showed some promise. So Antonio Pierce, hey, let's, let's make it happen. I think he'd be great. Fields would be great in Vegas. I think that'd be a great fit. And I, then I would have to have the Raiders as my second favorite team because of, well, I don't know. CJ with the Texans too. Now it's so it's yep. nice that we've got like multiple Buckeye quarterbacks to pick from now. It's just, it's, it's, it's a rare feeling, but uh, you guys are gonna have to give up more than that for Jay Fields. And I'll throw this out there: I think the Bears better be careful, and I think they are. I think there's a better chance they're gonna keep Fields than people think. The idea that Caleb Williams is a sure thing, I, I'm not down with that. Like I think he's gonna measure about six foot even. Um, there's some stuff I, I didn't like that he did with painting his nails saying F Utah, except he didn't just say F Utah. I mean, just little, little stuff like that. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It tells me he's not a, no, he might be, he's extremely talented. He might be a stud, but I don't see a sure thing with Caleb Williams and they might stick with Justin Fields. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is going to be an interesting draft season, Dave. I'm all for it, man. But yeah, I appreciate everybody. David got one more than I got to hop on out of here. Okay, one more. Okay, we got time. Yeah. We got one from X. All right. I like that we have questions from X. All right. M Barnyard, J Book, what are the odds Day puts Trey and Judkins on the field at the same time? I think you can see it. I think you're going to see some wrinkles into the offense with um, Bill O'Brien there. I think Bill O'Brien is going to be able to uh, do a lot of things where you have Will Howard in the backfield there, split on the size of him. You're going to have Henderson and Judkins. You run a little zone read action there if you want to. If you want to have one go out in some uh, in some passing routes, you can do that. But I definitely can see a situation where you have both running backs on the field at the same time. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of creativity with this offense, with the weapons that they have. And Bill O'Brien is going to be able to enhance the Ohio State offense. I'm just glad we got both running backs on the roster. They're on the field at the same time. Okay, that's, that's fine. I'm just glad we got them both on the roster. What a stacked roster. All right, Jay Book, great stuff as always. He is Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to the show. We appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! 
A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.